Welcome to the Rich, Fulfilling Life Show with your host, Saad Nadim. Saad is a fiduciary and licensed financial life advisor who specializes solely in internationally trained physicians like yourself and helps you build a tax-efficient retirement plan, a children's education plan, and an estate plan in four weeks without selling you any investments or insurance. RFL Wealth Management has grown successfully because of internationally trained physicians like you that have come to Canada later in life and are looking to retire comfortably with sound, tax-efficient advice and enjoy a rich, fulfilling life. And now, your host, Saad Nadim. Welcome to the Rich Fulfilling Life Show. My name is Saad Nadim. Thank you for being here for the first episode of our brand new show for internationally trained physicians. I'm quite excited to be here because... The goal here with this podcast is essentially to jam pack it with a lot of high value that we believe that internationally trained physicians are looking for. So there's a lot of information out there for physicians, I feel, but um, not too much for internationally trained physicians. A lot of people you know, are helping us out with our healthcare system in Canada, and they're the ones who really need that unique strategies to ensure that not only do they come to a new country and prosper, uh, they're going to be able to take care of their patients and take care of their families and all of that. So uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm super stoked to be here. So thank you so much for listening to the first episode. We're going to get right into it. It's it's a very complex, I guess, uh, decision. Uh, so this episode, the first episode is called The Salaried Physician's Shangri-La. So the five buckets a physician must have to achieve uh, financial independence. And um, it's a pretty jam-packed uh, episode. Uh, but before we get into the meat and bones of it, I thought we should talk about briefly why are we talking about the salaried physician Shangri-La, five buckets a physician must have to achieve financial independence and not five buckets to help internationally trained physicians achieve retirement. Um, so I think we should start off the episode with getting to know the difference between the two words. Although they uh, sound quite similar, retirement and financial independence, they are a bit uh, different, actually quite different. So retirement, for example, in my opinion, is when someone can't wait to stop doing what it is they've done for a majority of their life. Uh, and they can't wait till some sort of future age, 60, 65, to stop doing that so they can finally get to the things that they've actually wanted to do. That is retirement. Now, financial independence, on the other hand, is having your affairs in a way where you don't have to work, but you choose to work because it's what keeps you going, essentially. It's what keeps you alive. It, al it allows you to feel fulfilled. It allows you to live a rich, fulfilling life. And a lot of people that are financially independent choose to keep working because they don't want to just stay home and watch Netflix and just become a vegetable. Uh, and that's really what we're striving for here. We are not striving to be retired physicians. We're most likely striving to be financially independent physicians because many of our clients who are a bit elder, you know, our oldest client is about 74, turning 75, and she's still working and has no plans on stopping because she says, well, as long as I'm able to mentally and physically, you know, serve my patients, why would I stop? Um, you know, so I feel like financial independence is the right goal uh, that many physicians have. Even though you might be able to be financially independent, you might become part-time physicians, uh, really picking, choosing your hours uh, for the week so you 
can spend as much time with your family or vacations. You know, some might go the professor route. So there's a lot of options there, but I think the main goal there is financially independent. So it's key for us to be on the same page talking about this. So, which is physicians or internationally trained physicians want to be financially independent and not retired. So now that we've covered that, why don't we get right into the five buckets? So the five buckets a physician must have to achieve financial independence. So the first bucket is a pretty simple one. So if you're a salaried individual, the five buckets, the first bucket will be your CPP and old age security. So what is that? So CPP is your Canada Pension Plan. This is the pension that you receive from the government after you've contributed into it for X amount of years. So if you've come to Canada in your 40s and maybe started practicing medicine, maybe by your mid 40s, uh, for example, what they'll do is they'll say, okay, well, how many of your adult years did you live in Canada and contribute into the Canada Pension Plan? Uh, maximum being 40 years between the ages of 18 and 65. So if you come to, or let's say you've started practicing and started contributing into the plan at say 45, well, that's 20 years uh, between 45 and 65. So what they'll do is they'll say, well, you've been here for 20 years, the maximum amount is 40 years, well, you'll get 50% of the pension at 65 that other Canadians would achieve if they work the full 40 years. So that's how Canada Pension Plan works. So you must put into it before you get something out of it. The old age security on the other side is a non-contributory pension. So this is the question the government essentially will ask is, well, how many years of your adult years did you live in Canada? The other one is how many years did you contribute in your adult years? This one is how many of your adult years did you live in Canada? So same idea, same example. If you came, uh, you know, at 40, so they will count that time since 40, not since the day you started practicing. So from 40 to 65 is 25 years. So they'll do the same thing, 25 divided by 40. And that's the amount that you will receive in uh, retirement at 65. So that's how CPP and old age security will work. So that's your first bucket. And I guess the last thing that you must uh, know about this bucket is the government will give you your Canada pension plan and they'll give you your old age security and then they'll tax you on it, which is kind of weird, you know, but that's the way it works here in Canada. Uh, you know, welcome to Canada. When you receive your Canada pension plan and you receive your old age security, you'll be taxed on that income. And I guess one question that I didn't address a bit earlier, I, sh I should have done that, is how much of the income would you actually receive if you were 65 today? So, I mean, don't get your hopes up too high. It's not, it's not too much. But if you were 65 today, your old age security would be right around six, seven hundred dollars a month and your CPP if you were 65 today would be right around fifteen sixteen hundred dollars a month so all together you know then you're then you pay tax on that so that's your gross amount then you'll pay tax on that depending on how much other sources of income you have so you might be left with you know about all together maybe fourteen hundred fifteen hundred all together by the time taxes are in which is why we need to address our buckets properly tax efficiently to make sure that you're going to pay the least amount of taxes as possible but that's your first bucket so your first bucket is your kid pensions that you will receive uh, from the government. Your second bucket is your TFSA account. So your TFSA account, a tax-free savings account, worst name of all time. Many people uh, think this is an account where you can only save money. You can't really invest money, but it's not true. You can 
definitely invest money in here. Your TFSC account is essentially one of the only accounts we have in Canada where you pay absolutely no tax. So for high income earners like internationally trained physicians, minimizing a tax is pretty much number one priority. Um, so for us to take advantage of this account is absolutely crucial. So to give you an idea, what we can do is we can invest money in it. So say, for example, you put $100,000 in it, you won't be able to do that. And I'll get into the specifics here. But just to you know, give you the idea of how this account really works. Um, so say, for example, you put $100,000 into this account, and then 20 years later, 25 years later, let's say you have half a million dollars in there, you can literally come and say, Saad, you know what, my wife and I or my husband and I are going to go to vacation and we need $150,000 for this vacation of ours. And um, no problem. Within 48 hours to 72 hours, you'll have the money in your account. You'll pay $0 of tax in there and you go travel the world, for example, right? So it's, it's, it's amazing because you can actually take the money, grow it tax-free, so pay $0 of capital gains tax on it, and then withdraw the money tax-free as well personally and be able to use whatever we want to do with it. And uh, that brings me to the next main um, thing I guess you need to know about this account, that it is a personal account. You can't open a TFSA account inside your medical professional corporation or your uh, family holding company or, you know, um, so it, it has to be personal. So you're going to earn the money inside your MPC, pay yourself income, you know, in this case, salary, and then contribute into the TFSA account. Um, and even when you, by the time you account for the additional tax, you'll pay on that 6500 for the most part, it does make sense for most physicians to still make the TFSA contribution, which uh, as of 2023 is $6,500 a year now. That's why I said earlier, we're probably never going to maximize out your TFSA all in one lump sum because anything that's too good to be true, paying $0 of tax, the government is obviously not going to allow you to you know, just put millions of dollars into this account. They kind of limit you uh, $6,500 per year. It goes up by inflation, but it's, it's not enough to obviously retire, but it's something which is better than um, nothing. So, so we definitely do want to take advantage of your TFSA bucket. So that's your second bucket. Your third bucket is now going to be your pension. So uh, PPPs, IPPPs, uh, CPPPs, uh, one of my good friends, uh, Dr. Vu with a JP, you know, now going pretty um, full force on CPPPs. Um, you know, uh, these are essentially give or take, obviously they all have their differences and stuff. And I'm not going to get into the differences of that today. Maybe that's for another episode. But essentially what these are, are pensions that you can set up inside your medical professional corporation, similar to maybe what you would have experienced back home in the UK, for example. A lot of our physicians come from England and they're used to, you know, a pension-like income that they would receive in retirement that they can, you know, rely on uh, and such. But, you know, in Canada, it doesn't really work that way. Uh, you're paid, say, as, a, as, a, as an employee, but treated uh, pretty much like a contractor, right? So, so you have to set up your own retirement funds and all of these things. Uh, and that's why I think the pension is a great, great option for uh, physicians that are paying themselves a salary. And the number one reason I'll tell you is I'll compare it to the RSPs and it all comes down at the end of the day to tax. That's really what it's all about here. The lower we can take your tax liability, the better off you'll be because that's real tax dollars saved and 
growing that money exponentially over the next 10, 15, 20 years is going to do wonders for you. So let's talk about how the RSPs work. And when you realize how the RSP account works, you'll understand how great of an option the pension really is if you're paying yourself a salary. The RSP, let's say you maximize the contribution. By the time you retire, now you're say 65 years old, and let's say you have a million and a half dollars in your RSP account. Great. You're going to start taking money out of your RSPs. The money you take out of the RSPs is going to be taxed as income. So just like how you're paying yourself a salary right now, that's exactly how the income will be taxed when you take money out of the RSP account at 65 or 60 whenever you retire. But the main problem is when you die. So let's say, you know, by the time you die, you have a million dollars in your account. And then you're for, you know, hypothetical situation, let's say you and your spouse died around the same age. You had a million dollars, your million dollars went over to your spouse, he or she got that million dollars and then they passed away. And now this million dollars is going to go to your kids. How much tax do you think the government will tax you on that million dollar RSP account before it gets to your kids? And I'll give you five seconds, let's say, to maybe just throw a random number in your brain. If your answer was just over a half a million dollars of that RSP account will be taxed before your kids ever see the money, you would be absolutely right. So imagine that you have a million dollars in this account. Over half a million dollars of that money will actually be cut to the CRA and your kids will get right around 470000 $480,000 left over. And that's the biggest problem that the RSP account has when it comes uh, for internationally trained physicians because you have way better options out there. RSPs are for, like, I don't know how else to say it, but they're for average Canadians. You have a job, you don't have many options out there because the system is built that way. Make an RSP contribution, you're gonna get a bit of a tax deduction and that's really all they have to reduce their taxes. You as an internationally trained physician have options for your medical professional corporation. We have options for pensions. We have options for family holding companies. You know, So we have so many other ways where we can strategize to minimize the taxes that we don't really need RSPs. So now let's compare that to the PPP. The PPP on the other hand, for example, setting up a pension inside your medical professional corporation. Same idea, you save money inside a pension account. The difference now is that to make the pension, it's a corporate tax deduction because the company actually pays for your pension, right? Similar to, let's say you worked at a bank and the bank gives out a pension for their employees, like, you know, on the management level, the C-level executives and such. So very similarly, your company, MPC, pays you out a pension or like as a part of your benefits to keep you on, uh, you know, uh, with the a company, they contribute into your pension. So now it is a pension or sorry, a tax deduction to the company. So you never have to actually pay yourself out this income as a salary and then make this RSP contribution. You actually just, the company just makes that PPP contribution right off the top. So that's one ma um, massive tax benefit there. And then uh, secondly, when you uh, obviously when you retire, when you take the money out, similar to the RSP, it's going to be treated as income, uh, but you can actually split this income much earlier than an RSP. RSP. So let's say you want it to be financially independent at 55 or 60 or something like that. Right away, you can actually slit that income um, between yourself and your spouse to really reduce your tax liability on that income as well. So which is a pretty big uh, added bonus there as well. But thirdly, and I think the more major one is when you die, your pension, you know, if structured properly, the way, if, the way we would do it is we would have your kids as a part of that uh, uh, pension, as a part of that company, as employees. And if structured properly, that same million dollar pension now can actually go over to your kids without your kids paying a dollar of tax on that money. So whereas on the RSP side, you had a million dollars and your kids are going to be left with about 460, 470. 
on the pension side, it's they're going to receive the whole amount, the full million dollars, which is absolutely amazing, right? So that's why I, I think setting up a pension inside your MPC, if you're paying yourself salary, uh, we are going to be, uh, I am going to be making another episode next week for the dividend uh, physicians, what their looks like. So you might want to compare the two. But if you're paying yourself a salary and you like that route and you like knowing the idea that you're going to get a Canada pension plan, you're going to receive old age security, and you have a pension set, uh, you know, pension set up inside, uh, you can have a pension set up inside your medical professional corporation. I think that would be, uh, it's, a, it's a really, really good option uh, for you to have. So um, I think I've uh, beat the horn quite a lot on the pension side. So let's move to the fourth bucket. So the fourth bucket that we have, uh, if you are a salaried uh, physician, is a bucket that I call a corporate fixed bucket. So the as we've already established by now, the biggest expense you're going to have in your lifetime is tax, right? So we must do everything in our power to essentially uh, minimize this tax as much as possible, legally, ethically, using strategies uh, that are available to us as Canadians to, you know, reduce our uh, taxes in retirement and then ultimately on our uh, death as well, right? So one of the options we can do that is obviously using a TFSA account. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, save money inside the TFSA, invest money inside the TFSA, grow money money inside the TFSA, withdraw money out of the TFSA, all of it is tax-free, right? But the problem now is that the TFSA is limited to $6,500 per year, right? So now what do we do? Well, what we're going to do now is essentially be able to use a corporate fixed bucket, which essentially what it is, is the biggest loophole that exists in Canada is that you can take taxable money and put it through an insurance wrapper and convert it into tax-free money on the other side, which is absolutely amazing. Because now what that means is that we can actually take taxable money outside of, uh, out of your MPC, Medical Professional Corporation, funnel that money inside an insurance uh, policy, which can invest the money tax-free, grow the money tax-free. And then on the other side, when you're retired, you're going to receive that money tax-free as income which is absolutely crazy because there's no other thing that allows Canadians to do that except uh, the TFSA account, which is obviously now limited. But through this, now we can start saving 50000 a year, 100000 a year, 200000 a year, and really get to the bottom of it. So I think this is an absolute must for Canadian physicians if you want to build yourself a tax-efficient retirement plan. Because now, same thing, right? Imagine now that you're retired, you have your CPP that you're going to receive, you have your old age security that you're going to receive, you're going to have your pension amount from your PPP that you're going to receive. So all of that all together might be, let's say, maybe $150,000, $200,000 a year, right? Guaranteed almost like pension styles. And then you add the corporate fixed bucket on top. Now, all of that cash. So let's say if you're saving about $100,000 a year and you're somewhere in your 40s, you're probably going to receive maybe one hundred fifty to $200,000 of tax-free income on top of the CPP benefit, old age security benefit, and the pension benefit. Uh, so now you're looking at an income of about $400,000, $450,000, extremely tax efficient while you're working right now, then while you're retired, and then eventually when you die as well. Because the uh, insurance wrapper, this corporate fixed bucket, um, you know, because it's based on some sort of an insurance policy, at the end of it, 
benefit when you die, there is a tax-free death benefit as well. So not only will you receive probably upwards of $150,000 to $200,000 of tax-free income for at least 15, 20 years of your retired life or your financially independent life, after that, whenever you die, uh, whenever you pass away, your kids will also receive upwards of two, three million dollars of tax-free money as well. So it's an absolute no-brainer uh, for internationally trained physicians to have, um, you know, this corporate fixed bucket as well. So, um, and again, if, if, if I get a, a, a quite a bit of questions on it, we can obviously expand on it, uh, you know, in further episodes, uh, but that is your fourth bucket. And your fifth bucket and your final bucket here is going to be real estate. So, Real estate is uh, obviously pretty self-explanatory. If you want to buy rental properties, I find most internationally trained physicians do want to buy rental properties. Um, And uh, it's a a physical asset that we like to touch. We can feel it. We can see it. We can show our kids, uh, you know. So it's a a really emotional investment for many people. Uh, So rental properties definitely have to be a part of it. Uh, And that's one of the things we do at RFL. You know, many other uh, companies, I'm not really going to mention any names, but they, you know, they might persuade you or try to persuade you to be away from the rental uh, property bucket because, you know, that means that they manage less money. Um, For us, we really don't care. We're all about helping you live a rich, fulfilling life. And if you want to buy rental properties as a part of your um, plan to grow your wealth, then, you know, that's your plan. And then we're going to work with that and show you the most tax efficient ways to do that. So that's why we believe, um, you know, rent, re- real estate as a part of, as a way to diversify your assets, you'll definitely, definitely be a part of your uh, uh, buckets. If you, you know, that's the route you want to take, then th- that's what we do. Then, you know, we probably want to seeing uh, how we're going to be buying uh, your clinic, you know, maybe setting up a real estate uh, corporation on the side that buys your clinic eventually. And if you want to buy other rental properties, then we can set up a family holding company. So there's a lot of things we can do with this bucket. Uh, But as a general, as a whole, I think many people understand real estate. So that's why I'm not really going to go into too many details of this. So that that is your five buckets to achieve financial independence if you are a salaried uh, individual. So just to do a quick recap, your first bucket is your Canada pension plan and your old age security. So these are government pensions that you receive at 65. Uh, Your second bucket is your TFSA account. Um, So this is your tax-free savings uh, bucket, essentially. Um, Put money into it, grow money uh, uh, in it, and then take out money on the other side, absolutely tax-free. So um, anything that's too good to be true, uh, government usually, uh, you know, limits it. So your TFSA, you can't just put hundreds of thousands of dollars into it every year, uh, limited to about $6,500 per year. Um, Not too much, but still, you do want to take advantage of it. That's your second bucket. Your third bucket is your PPP or some sort of an IPP or PPP or CPPP uh, and, and setting up a, phys, uh, a pension inside your MPC to take advantage of a lot of those uh, tax deductions and savings in life, in retirement and in death. Uh, that's your third bucket. Your fourth bucket is your corporate fixed bucket uh, using the insurance wrapper strategy to essentially give yourself some uh, tax-free income in retirement. Your fifth bucket is then real estate. So you'll notice that there's hardly any investment talk 
in this entire episode. And we're doing, per se, financial independent planning. And I think it's important for you to understand that picking the product is the last thing that we need to be doing, not the first thing. Many people go about it the other way. Many advisors try to go about it the other way because obviously that's how they're going to get paid, right? But if you want to live a rich, fulfilling life, then we have to understand what that rich, fulfilling life is. And for us to do that, we, you know, quantify your rich, fulfilling life in the first meeting. And we try to figure out who you are today on paper. So we talk about your cash flow, what comes in, what goes out. We talk about your net worth, what do you have, what do you owe. We talk about... What is it that you'd like to accomplish over the next 10, 15, 20 years? And once we know who you are today and everything you'd like to accomplish over the next 10, 15, 20 years, then we devise a plan to get you from where you are today to where you'd like to be in the next 20 years. And that's usually involved in us making buckets, right? Here's your bucket for this. Here's your bucket for this goal. Here's your bucket for retirement. Here's your bucket for education. Here's your bucket for, you know, estate planning. And once we have those buckets in, 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 like, you know, laid out, then and only then do we worry about the products, the investments that are actually going to go into those buckets. And those buckets or those investments will be chosen based specifically on your goals, which investments will now allow us or put us in the best position to help us achieve this goal, right? And very similar to when you see a patient. Imagine when a patient comes in to see you without listening to them, without anything, a physician were to be like, all right, Here's a prescription, figure it out. Or hopefully this works out for you, <laughs> you know? But we don't do that. We, we, want, we want to diagnose the situation. We want to understand the patient's pain points. We understand what's bugging them. What, what do they want to accomplish? So we take a very similar to, approach to your life, right? Um, and it's worked out quite well for many, many physicians at this point. Um, and, and I think that's the main uh, idea that I want to get across here is, you know, stop buying financial products from random people. A lot of times I meet people, they're like, oh, yeah, I have some accounts over here. I have some accounts at this bank and some accounts at that bank. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 you know. I'm well diversified, but when we really get down to these types of conversations, they're like, oh yeah, none of them know anything. I just went there and, and kind of told them what to do or just open me this account or contribute this much money and that's it. So definitely not the way we want to go about it. So if you are interested in getting that guide, you can go to startmyrfljourney.com slash retire rich at startmyrfljourney.com. So that's startmyrfljourney.com slash forward slash retire rich. Uh, and you can get that free guide over there um, with a lot of helpful tools on uh, what to avoid, what to look out for, um, you know, who are the best people that can help you save taxes. So, you know, uh, your accountant is not a unicorn. Like, you know, so there's a lot of valuable, valuable content in there for you to check out. So again, if you're interested, start my rfljourney.com forward slash retire rich. And that's basically it for today's episode. So again, thank you so much for being here. In the next episode, I'm going to be talking about uh, the dividend physicians Shangri-La. Uh, so this was salaried, and uh, many people don't realize that uh, you know picking one or the other kind of excludes you from strategies that are available on the other side. So if you pick a salary, you know you get the pension option, but if you pick the dividends, you don't. So we want to talk about the differences and what's available from the dividend option and which one might be better for you. And so we'll. Really Really take a deep dive on all of that. So 
Again, thank you so much for coming here for my first episode at, on your Rich Fulfilling Life show. My name is Saad Nadeem. Have an awesome, awesome day.